Amen. Everybody said amen. Well, I realize one thing this morning that, well, two things. I can't preach as good as they sang, and I'm the only thing between you and lunch, and that's not an enviable place to want to be, but I do feel like I have something that I need to share with you. Back before, uh, during the Christmas holidays, I had been seeking the Lord about direction for this coming year. And our theme last year was, so what? Uh, It could be one of two things. It could be an attitude of indifference or an attitude of purpose that you're going to sow intentional. You're going to be intentional in your efforts to do more for God. And I was praying, God, what do we do? What, what, where are we going to go? And just one morning in my early reading, uh, the Lord directed me to this passage of Scripture. And when I read it, I knew that this would be our theme for the year. Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah chapter 10 and verse number 1. The Scripture reads like this. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Amen. I like that. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain. Amen. I like that too. Showers of rain. Not just a drop or two, but a downpour. He said, I will give them showers of rain. And this is what I really like. To everyone. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Everyone. Everyone. Everyone grass in the field. You want that kind of blessing this year? Amen. I love the way the New King James Version says it. It says, ask the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Our theme for this coming year is simply this. Ask for rain. Amen. Say that with me. Ask for rain. Ask for the rain that is needed. Not just a rain, but the rain. He mentioned specifically the latter rain, and there were two seasons of rain that came to that land of Palestine, but he specifically mentioned one of them, the most important of rains. And he said, that's what you need to ask for. That's what you need to be bold enough to step out and proclaim. When we first started singing one of the choruses this morning, It says, show us your glory. There are some people that take offense to that. They say, well, God doesn't have to prove anything to me. I want to tell you something. This is not about what we have to provoke God to do. This is what God's trying to provoke us to do. Because he's already stated what he's willing to do. He's already said what he's capable of doing. What he's waiting on is the response that you and I are going to give to what he's already said. And so my prayer for this year is that we would ask for rain. I want you to say it one more time. Ask for rain. One more time. Ask for rain. Lord, we love you this morning and we thank you. 
I know that I am incapable of doing what needs to be done today. But I'm asking you to anoint my lips and my mind that I could speak only the words that you would desire to be spoken and that we would receive it, Lord, that we would open our hearts and our minds and we would determine that today, today is going to be a turning point. Today is going to be a moment of shift in my spirit and in my heart. And I am going to turn to face this year with a new determination and a new prayer on my lips. Rain, Lord. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain over my family. Let it rain over my children. Let it rain over my church. Let it rain over my job. Let it rain over my neighborhood. Let it rain over my dreams and my plans. Let it rain, Lord. Let it rain. In Jesus' name, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. We live in a great, a time of great problems, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that or understand how perplexing and how troubling our world situation is today. We live in an hour when perversity and uh, evil is on a rampage, and it has gotten a license in the last few years to do whatever it wants to do. And and so we are experiencing in our world a great turning away from God. To a great extent, the America that we have known and loved could no longer really be considered a Christian nation because of the attitudes and the mind of people that have learned how to live without God. They've learned how to function without His touch or His presence in their life. And certainly when you look at all that, you wonder if there's any hope. But I have come to declare to Greater Life Church this Sunday morning that even though there are great problems in our world, I believe there are also great promises that are being held for our world. I believe that. I, I believe that as perverse as the world is, God's promises are greater than the world's perverseness. And God's promises are greater than the world's problems. And though we live in an hour of exceeding wickedness, I believe this is also the hour of our greatest opportunity. And I believe that this is the hour when if God is ever going to do his greatest work, I believe he wants to do it now. Everybody say now. Now. But many times we lose sight of that amid the fog of life and the everyday going of life. We lose sight of the fact that God's promises are always greater than our problems. And God's promises are greater than the perverseness of our world. I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible said in Corinthians that where sin doth abound, grace is not going to be intimidated by what sin is doing. But when grace is coming on, it's going to come on in an extra measure. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. 
Amen. I believe that that is the promise that we all have, that no matter how evil our day is, that the grace of God is greater than all our sins. Amen. And the only hope for our world is in this building right now. What lies in you, the spirit of the living God, it's not in our government It's not in some leader or some person that's going to arise, but it resides in the Spirit of God that speaks to us and moves in us even this morning. And somebody say, Lord, send the rain. In the the historic battle of Waterloo, the Duke of Ellington or Wellington had led the British forces against the mighty Napoleon. And the news of the battle traveled very slowly. The outcome of it was uh, very laborious in getting to the people of England. And the only real means of communicating across the canal, the English Channel, I should say, was to signal by a device that was used to communicate messages back and forth to the homeland. And so on the top of Westchester Cathedral, the signalman began to spell out the eagerly awaited message that all of England wanted to hear. And the words came slowly, but they came clearly. Wellington defeated. And at that moment, a fog began to roll in over that place, and it settled in, and it blacked out any further communication And when they had seen the message, the whole of England turned in discouragement at the news that their Duke of Wellington and their British forces had been defeated by Napoleon. But it wasn't long until the fog lifted and the end of the message finally came through. And the message was this, Wellington defeated the enemy. Sometimes in life, there is a misconception of what really is going on. When we look around us and we are, we are overwhelmed by the fog of life, sometimes we fail to see or hear the clear message that God is trying to get through to us. And just like England of old who thought that they had been defeated when in reality they had won the victory and they had defeated the strong Napoleon and broken the back of the French government. There in that moment of unknowing they made their hearts sad because they thought they had been defeated. The enemy would like for all of us to feel that way, that we're, there's no way we can make a difference in our culture. There's no way we can make a difference in our society. But I'm here to tell you that we can make a difference if we determine to make a difference. Amen. Somebody say amen. If you don't want to make a difference, you won't make a difference. But if something will rise up in you and understand that we may not have gotten the full message, maybe the fog of life covered part of it over and we didn't hear the whole story, but I've come to tell you something. In the end, the Lord is going to sit on His throne and He is going to rule the world and He is going to be the Father and Lord of us all. And he is the one that I am looking to and I am looking for. For Israel 
Their life was very much like Britain at that time. It was the setting of our text. Their world had crumbled. They were defeated by an enemy. They were overwhelmed by spiritual darkness. And the signals of the day seemed to say everything for them had been lost. There was an arid and dry climate and death that hung over them as a people. But God had a message. And so he raises up a prophet by the name of Zechariah. And he said, I want you to go and speak to my people in the midst of their darkness and the midst of all the dry, arid death that they live in. I want you to give them this message that if they will pray for rain, I will change the atmosphere and I will change the complex of their life. God sent them a message that everything would change All it needed was a little rain. Amen. Just a little rain. There was one thing that could change the landscape of their life. And that was the life-giving, life-refreshing rain. Not just a physical, but a spiritual rain. A rain of His Spirit that would pour out blessings and power and refreshment and nourishment that was needed to revive and bring them back to life. And so the rain spoke of God's greatest and richest blessings to His people. And He simply said to them, everything will change when it rains. And I want to tell Greater Life Church that this morning, that when the rain falls, I don't care how dry it's been, I don't care how parched you may feel, when the rain starts falling, everybody in this building is going to feel the impact of it. When the rain comes. Nobody's going to be left out. God's going to reach from the corner to the corner, from the front to the back, and He's going to bless your life in ways you cannot even imagine. Amen. So the rain spoke of a visitation of the Lord upon the land, and of all people, Israel understood the importance of rain. Palestine lay on the edge of the Mediterranean rain system, Because of that, their rains were very seasonal. And many times they would go months without any kind of precipitation. But coming October and all the way into April, the rains would begin to fall typically. Light rains in the fall and then heavier rains in the winter after the seed had been planted. But the rain they coveted the most was known as the latter rain. It was the rain that came at the end of the season. It was the rain that actually filled out the wheat and it filled out the kernels of corn with with their revitalizing nourishment. And Israel, though they had no irrigation system at the time, they understood that their life was dependent upon that rain coming. They may survive if the early rain did not come. If the former rain didn't fall, they might be able to make it. But all of them understood one thing, that if we miss the latter rain, we're going to die. We cannot survive what's going to happen to us as a people. 
and God was trying to get a message through to his people who were broken down and defeated and impoverished and dry and arid that there was one thing that could change the whole complex of their life. It could change the whole atmosphere of their living and that was the reign of heaven to begin to fall upon them as a people and as a nation. And it was this latter reign that he specifically mentions that fell in that critical time when the seed would come to fruition and it would be filled out to its fullest and it would produce the greatest harvest. This was the rain that they prayed for and this is the rain that God commanded his children to ask for. Not just a moderate rain. Not just a rain that will get you through. Not just a blessing that will help you get from Sunday to Wednesday. But I want you to pray for a rain that will so saturate your being and your body and your mind that you're not living from weekend to weekend but you live from glory to glory that there's a fullness that comes to your spiritual life there's an overcoming power that comes up inside of you when you realize that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world God, send that kind of rain in this place today. Send that kind of rain in this house today. Without that latter rain, the fruit would not come to its finest point. Without that rain, there would be no harvest. There would be no maturing, no ripening of the grain. There would be nothing but death. And so Israel understood the important reason for asking for that kind of rain. I'm not asking God for just a good service. I'm not asking God for just a few services that are good. I'm not asking God for a season, just a a, a little season. I'm asking God for a, a year of rain. I'm asking God for a rain that will sweep through this place And we'll bring some of us out of our corner. And we'll put us back into the ministry that we need to be involved in. I'm praying for a rain that will cause your soul to burst with the blessings of God that are poured out in your life. I'm praying for a rain that will transform your whole landscape. And it will turn you from being dry and dusty and almost dead to vibrant and living and rejoicing and shouting again. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. God send the rain. Say that with me. God send the rain. God send the rain. Situated as it was on the edge of life itself, they understood as no one else could how critical that rain was. Rain, they understood, was the only antidote to dust. Amen. It was the only remedy for dryness. It was the only remedy to save you from death. Rain will put dust back in its place. Amen. Rain will put the dirt back where it belongs. Amen. Rain, no matter how dry it is, will transform everything that it touches. 
however dry it might be. Rain gives life back to it. It gives not only life but refreshment back to it. And it forwards the efforts that you have been putting into your life when you sow the seed and you're faithful and nothing seems to happen. It is the rain that takes your efforts and pushes them forward to fruition. It is that rain that enables you to enjoy the labors that you have been involved in. And that's what we need, Lord. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Show us your glory. Show us your power. Show us your glory. Show us your power. Let it rain, Lord. Let it rain. Let it rain. Somebody say, ask for rain. Ask for rain. Amen. Ask for that which resurrects. Ask for that which revives. Ask for that which unleashes. Ask for that which unbridles. Ask for that which calls back. Ask for that which redeems. Amen. That's what rain does. Rain resurrects. Rain unleashes. It releases. Praise God. The potential that is in the the, the seed is found. It calls that which was dead back to life, and it redeems the land. Isn't that a word you want to be a part of your life this year is redeemed? Amen. I I don't want to come to the end of my days and realize that I have wasted them or, or I've squandered them. I want to come to the end of my days and realize that somewhere along the way there was a rain that fell from heaven that redeemed me. It turned my life around and it put me on a new path. Somebody say, let it rain. Amen. Rain was a basis for life for all of them, and without it they would die. And so it was symbolic of God's richest blessings. That's what I'm praying for this year is God's richest blessings. You say, that sounds a little selfish. Well, that's what the Scripture tells me to do. That's what He encouraged His people. That's what He commanded His people. He said, ask of me rain. Ask of me rain. Be bold enough to step out and say, you know what? I'm going to claim what God has already promised. I'm going to put my name on what God said he would do. I'm going to bring it into my home. I'm going to bring it into my neighborhood. I'm going to bring it into my job. Amen. Rain. Let it rain. Let the blessings of God be on me wherever I am. Whether I'm at work or at home, let your favor be on me wherever I am. Let it rain, Lord. Amen. I'm not ashamed to ask of it. I'm not embarrassed to say, Lord, let it rain. Let it rain here. Let your choicest blessings be upon this place. Let your choicest blessings be upon my family. Let your choicest blessings. Is somebody here afraid to pray that kind of prayer? I'm not afraid to pray it. I've made up my mind. I feel wild and woolly this morning. I may climb over some pews before I get through. But I've made up my mind. I'm not going to let a God who promised great things hold those things in check because I never asked for them. Somebody said, well, why would God command them to pray for something he had already promised? Good question. I'm going to tell you why. 
Because just because God promised something doesn't mean it will come to pass unless you lay claim to it. A promise is no better or a gift is no better than what you are able to receive. Amen. Every Christmas we go about wrapping presents and and offering gifts to our loved ones and our friends. And you know what? The great part about all of that is not the wrapping and the buying. It's in the opening. And I've not been through a Christmas season yet where we left one gift unwrapped under our tree. Not one. Because gifts are for opening. Gifts are for enjoying. You know what I'm afraid? I'm afraid that God has wrapped hundreds of thousands. He's got a treasure house full of gifts that he has wrapped up and said, they're yours. All you've got to do is just ask. All you've got to do is just pray. All you've got to do is just seek. All you've got to do is just reach out. All you've got to do is just claim one of them. Just put your name on it and say, you know what? You said this, God. I didn't say this. You said this. And so I'm going to write my name over that promise because that's the only way that promise is ever going to become mine when I claim it for myself. Amen. So prayer is what releases what God has already reserved. Amen. When we ask, it releases what God has put in reserve. Amen. Anybody know about reserve? Some of us don't live with reserve. We just live month to month and paycheck to paycheck. I don't mean just physically. I mean spiritually. We just barely get by. We got enough Holy Ghost to keep us from cussing too bad, but sometimes we still cuss. Oh, did I say that? Or we got enough Holy Ghost to keep us from getting too mad, but we still get mad. We got enough Holy Ghost to keep us from flying off the handle, but we don't have enough Holy Ghost to keep us on the handle sometimes. And so we go from week to week. It's kind of like this. We're really up or we're really down. We're really encouraged or we're really defeated. And you know what God said? I want you to teach. I want your people. I want my people. I want them to start asking for the richest blessings. I want them to start asking for my greatest favor. Not because they're arrogant, but because I have promised it. Not because they are anyone in particular, but because if they will ask, I will give. And when they pray, it releases something. It allows me to do what I've already said I would do. I wonder what promises are in reserve right now that all it would take would be for somebody to just start asking, start praying, send the rain, Lord, send the rain. He's got it reserved, but you've got to release it. And when you pray is when you release it on your family, on your church, over your job. Some of you hate your job. Why don't you start praying for God to reign on your job? I don't mean judgment. I mean blessings. You know that old scripture, it says it rains on the just and the unjust. We've always misinterpreted that. Really? Do you know what that scripture is? It is a picture of God's greatest grace. That God blesses and he pours out his blessings on people that deserve it and he pours his blessings on people that don't deserve it. That's just how good God is. But he said if you'll just ask, 
I'll release that. God challenges his people to be bold enough to ask him. Why are we afraid to ask him? Well, Brother Hughes, I have asked him. We'll keep asking him. In the New Testament, Jesus said it this way. He said, ask and you shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. The interesting part of that is in the Greek. All of those words are in the progressive sense, which means you ask and you keep asking. You knock and you keep knocking. You seek and you keep seeking because it is in that asking and that knocking and that seeking that you find what you're hungry for and what you need in your family or in your home. Somebody say, Lord, send the rain. Come on, send it, Lord, right here into my family, into my life, into my home, over my job, over my mind, over my spirit. Send, send the rain. Amen. God's promises are waiting on somebody just to simply claim it. The second thing that I believe His, his command tells me is that our anticipation of the rain will always bring a heavenly response. There has to be a spirit of expectation. The very word ask connotates an understanding that you are anticipating what you ask. Does that sound strange to some of us this morning? It is strange because many times people ask without expecting to receive. They just ask out of a formality. But Jesus said, no, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. His great and abundant promises should motivate us to pray for their fulfillment. There's something about this book that intrigues me. And every time I read it, every time I go to it, there's something about it that speaks to me because it's life. It's not a dead book. It's not just letters written on pages, but it's the life. It's the hope of the world. It is my life. And when I read it, it speaks life into my own life. It speaks hope into my situation. It brings encouragement to my life. And what I have discovered about it is that no matter how many times you read it, you'll never read it enough to find all the mysteries that are hidden here Because every time you go back and read it again, there will be one more part of the Scripture that will leap out at you and minister to you because it's a living Word. It's a Word that never dies. So every time I have a need, when I go to it, it's going to minister to me. So what you thought you prayed for yesterday isn't going to be sufficient. You need to pray for it anew today. Amen. Like Elijah who prayed and nothing happened. He prayed and he sent his servant to see what was transpiring and nothing was changing. But he didn't give up. He didn't quit praying. He just kept on praying. And in praying, he saw his promise fulfilled. He prayed until there was a response from heaven. Oh, God, I pray that that would come over some of us. That we would not just pray, but we will keep praying until there is a response. Jesus told the story about a woman who came and, and, and she badgered the judge about some situation in her family. And she just kept on and on and on and on. And though the judge was of a mind to ignore her, she finally got to the point in her persistence that he said, you know what, if I don't answer her prayer... 
she's going to badger me all night long. And so he gave her, and this is what the scripture said, because she was unashamed. That's what the literal interpretation of the scripture indicates. She was unashamed. She was not going to back down. And the Lord used that as a, as, as a contradiction almost, that if an evil judge would do that, how much more would a willing God who has children that he loves and cherishes, when they come to ask him, he's going to give them what they desire. So we pray and we keep praying. I love what Joel said. Joel said in chapter 2, verse 23, he will cause it to rain. He will cause to come down to you the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. I read that scripture and I thought, what does that first month indicate? Now, I know what it means in Jewish calendar years. It was, it was September or October sometime, and that was when their year actually began. I believe it's September. But that's not what that verse was speaking of. It wasn't just a month like January or February or March or April or May or June or July. But when he referenced that God would send the latter rain in the first month, one translation says he will send the latter rain in the time of need. So it doesn't matter if it's January or February or March or April or whatever day of the month it might be. If you need rain in your life, if you need God's blessing in your life, if you need God's favor in your life, he said, I'm going to pour out the rain. I'm going to pour out the latter rain. I'm going to give it to you in your time of need. Amen. So you need to ask God in your time of need and don't be ashamed of asking God pray and keep praying amen the last thing that I want to share with you before I close is that this scripture in its essence when it says ask the Lord for rain in the time of rain is actually a statement of provocation it means that you are to provoke your rainfall now, that may seem odd to you, but there was a time when there were men who believed that there were certain atmospheric conditions that if they were recreated could cause it to rain. During the Dust Bowl back in the 30s that swept through the central part of the United States and was so devastating to so many people, there were men who actually went out in the fields and they put together these huge bonfires because they thought that if they could produce enough heat, it would cause a transition in the atmosphere and it would break the drought that was all over the land. Some of the dust that was blown from central Texas wound up on the east coast. It was so devastating. The topsoil was eroded. And so they came in thinking that they could provoke rain that way. There were others that thought if they could bring the electrical charges together at the right place in the right time, that they could cause it to rain. But I'm here to tell you what I'm talking about can't be produced by a bonfire. It can't be produced by electrical storm. What I'm talking about can be produced by your lips, by just simply opening your mouth and beginning to speak it out and 
beginning to proclaim it and beginning to say it. The Lord is going to bless. The Lord is going to increase. The Lord is going to give. The Lord is going to multiply. The Lord is going to meet my need. The Lord is going to help me overcome this situation in my life. It may be promised, but somebody has to procure it. And when we pour out our prayers to Him, God promises He will pour out His Spirit and blessings upon us. And so my point is this. Just as I encouraged you last year to be intentional about what you sowed, I am going to come to you this morning and tell you you need to be doubly intentional about this prayer of asking for rain. Lord, we have sown, we have labored, we have done all that we know to do. Now we're waiting on you. Send the rain. Let it fall in the dry places. Let it bring life back to dead souls. Let me believe it, Lord. Let me confess it. Let me claim it. Let me begin to proclaim it over my life and over my family. I am not going to stay in this dry place. I'm not going to stay in this cold place. I'm not going to remain in this place of deadness. I am coming out. Amen. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Amen. Say it with me. Ask the Lord rain. Ask for rain. Ask for rain. Provoke that blessing. Provoke that downpour. How do you do it? Pray. Amen. Pray. Everybody say pray. You say, well, I prayed. Pray again. Pray some more. Pray a little longer. Pray. Pray until the breakthrough comes. Pray until the downpour comes. Pray until the blessings flow. Pray until there's a release in your spirit. Pray until something changes in the atmosphere. Pray until your attitude is altered. Pray until your mindset is transformed. Pray until your spirit is lifted. Pray until you can get back on your feet and lift your hands and say, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my guide. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my defense. Let's stand together, please. Amen. Let it rain. 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 Ask for rain. Why? To counteract the evil that's all around you. The only thing that's going to change the climate in which we now live as a nation is for an old-fashioned revival to sweep through our country. Amen. Maybe I'm a little radical this morning. Maybe you have given up hope and you don't think that can happen. But you're looking at one preacher that believes that it can still happen. Amen. You know what I've learned about living for God? I have learned this, that the devil trembles. He shakes in his boots at the weakest one of us on our knees in prayer. Because when you go to your knees... When you use your mouth and you start proclaiming, you start determining, you start setting that destiny. That's what he meant. Ask, 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 ask. Keep asking. Keep asking. 
Say, why do I have to ask for what you promise? Because that's the only way that promise will become yours. It's the only way that it will be released. Anybody here need something released over your family today? You need something released over your life today? You need the blessings of God on your family? Is there anybody here today that prays that it would rain in your home and in your job? Is there anybody here today that's hungry for just an old-fashioned outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Is there anybody here that's tired of being dry and dusty? You're tired of being distant and cold? Are you tired of being just mediocre? Is there anybody radical enough to start praying? Send the rain. 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 Send the rain.